Welcome to Sober Discussions. This is Steve and Mike, and sometimes you just need to take out the trash. Hello, and welcome to Sober Discussions. Today we will cover Episode 9, Christmas Edition. How did Christmas start? Yule and the Winter Solstice, Saturnalia. Is Christmas really the day Jesus was born? Washington Irving and others about how they have changed Christmas. Who invented Santa Claus? And our last topic, the War on Christmas. We hope you enjoy our holiday special. Before we get started into our podcast, we wanted to wish everyone happy holidays. We love you guys and thank you for supporting our podcast. We hope you can enjoy your holiday traditions and be able to overcome the pandemic in any constructive way you can. So let's spin this up. So I thought it would be a good idea to have some quick facts uh, about this holiday season. Uh, Each year, 30 to 35 million real Christmas trees are sold in the United States alone. There's about 21,000 Christmas tree growers in the United States, and the trees usually grow for about 15 years before they're sold. Interesting. Mm-hmm. In the Middle Ages, Christmas celebrations were rowdy and raucous, a lot like today's Mardi Gras parties. The first eggnog made in the United States was consumed by Captain John Smith in 1607 in Jamestown Settlement. We talked about them last time. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Poinsettia plants are named after Joel R. Poinsett, an American minister to Mexico who brought the red and green plant from Mexico to America in 1828. Rudolph, the most famous reindeer of all, was the product of Robert L. May's imagination in 1939. Copywriter wrote a poem about the reindeer to help lure customers into the Montgomery Ward department store. The tradition of Christmas trees goes all the way back to ancient Egyptians and Romans who marked the winter solstice with evergreens as a reminder that spring would return. So if you decorate with a green tree, wreaths, or evergreen garland, you're throwing it back. Way back. Every year, letters to Santa Claus flood post offices across the world, forcing parents to find a way to answer them or explain to the kiddos why their letters got well i guess you'd call them lost in the mail uh cementing their reputation as one of the nicest countries around some big-hearted canadian post office workers started writing back as the program took off they set up a special postal code for santa as part of santa letter writing program initiative ho oh H-O-H-O-H-O. Yep, exactly. I thought that was funny that, you know, the Canadians are like, sure, we'll write back to these kids, you know, as they write to Santa Claus, whatever. That's funny. Anyways, uh, so now that we got that kind of out of the way, uh, let's jump in. So uh, let's start with an introduction on Christmas. Primarily, a lot of our information is going to be based off of the uh, history.com for the Christmas section, just so you know. But let's start with... How did Christmas start? So this is uh, from Wikipedia. Uh, The middle of winter has long been a time of celebration around the world. Centuries before the arrival of the man called Jesus, early Europeans celebrated light and birth in the darkest days of winter. Many people rejoiced during the winter solstice when the worst of the winter was behind them and they could look forward to longer days and extended hours of sunlight. Tell me about it with my seasonal depression. Um, In Scandinavia, the Norse celebrated Yule from December 21st, the winter solstice through January, in recognition of the return of the sun, father, and sons, would bring home large logs, which they would set on fire. Uh, The people would feast until the logs burned out. 
which could take as many as 12 days. The Norse believed that each spark from the fire represented a new pig or calf that would be born during the coming year. Which I thought was kind of interesting. Any yeah. thoughts on that? I mean, obviously this isn't anything Christmas related exactly, but yeah, more based off of like winter and... Definitely. Yeah, and I think as we go along, it's going to have more tied to each other. Yeah, yeah, this is like where the roots of it all... Yeah, exactly. So... Uh, let's take a closer look uh, of the Pagans in the Winter Solstice uh, and Yule. Uh, Mike, can you read that for us? Yep, so this is also, so we're still in Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Um, Yule, or Yuletide, is a festival historically observed by the, by the Germanic peoples. Scholars have connected the original celebrations of Yule to the Wild Hunt, the god of Odin, and the pagan Anglo-Saxon Modranate. Later departing from its pagan roots, Yule underwent Christianized reformulation, resulting in the term Christmastide. Many present-day Christmas customs are traditions such as the Yule log, Yule goat, Yule boar, Yule singing, and others stem from pagan Yule traditions. Terms with an etymological equivalent to Yule are still used in Nordic countries and Estonia, to describe Christmas and other festivals occurring during the winter holiday season. Today, Yule is celebrated in Heatherney and other forms of neo-paganism, as well as in Levian Satanism. So, I thought it was kind of interesting, uh, just that there are many uh, cultures that do celebrate Yule or the winter solstice, what have you. Let's go into a description of Yule practices. It was ancient custom that when sacrifice was to be made, all farmers were to come to the heathen temple and bring along with them the food they needed while the feast lasted. I think uh, when I read that, it kind of reminded me of like uh, potlucks, right? Where if that's kind of how like potlucks kind of start. Anyways, Hmm. just kind of a thought, uh, side note. Farmer potluck, it's got to be good. That's right. Yep, bring your stuff. At this feast, all were to take part of the drinking of ale. Also, all kinds of livestock were killed in connection with it. Horses also, and all the blood from them was called plot. Uh, Basically, sacrificial blood. Hubertali, the vessel holding the blood. The sacrificial twigs, aspergills, these were fashioned like sprinklers. And with them were to be smeared all over with blood, the pedestals of the idols, and also the walls of the temple within and without. And likewise, the men present were to be sprinkled with blood, but the meat of the animals was to be boiled and served as food at the banquet. Fires were to be lighted in the middle of the temple floor, and kettles hung over the fires. The sacrificial beaker was to be born around the fire and he who was made the feast and was chieftain was to bless the beaker as well as all the sacrificial meat which i thought was kind of crazy i was wondering how like unsanitary so they've got all these animals they're spreading the blood everywhere everywhere and they're like i mean i'm thinking like a sprinkler right like (laughs) you know um anyways thought it was kind of interesting would i celebrate that tradition Probably not. So this was Pagan Yule. Interesting. Pagan Yule. Yeah, so they've got like all sorts of different things. I just thought that that was, you know, kind of an interesting thing to kind of bring up. I think we're going to skip this part. Basically, all I was just saying is like, hey, everyone had a grand old merry time. Uh, They would say, hey, let's have a toast for 
um, uh, toast for us, toast for um, our future, you know, all that kind of thing. And they just got drunk. That's hmm. basically all it was. They didn't think... Throw blood around, get drunk, and eat meat. <laughs> That's it. Huh. That's how it goes. Well. Yeah, so let's uh, let's skip. Uh, let's click on that uh, YouTube video I thought was a pretty good explanation of Yule. Uh, not so much blood and things like that on this one, but I just wanted to have a little more of a history. Christmas is the most widely celebrated holiday in the world today. But how long has Christmas been around? And has it always been celebrated the same way? For hundreds of years, many different cultures across Europe celebrated a yearly festival on December 21st. This day is known as the winter solstice. This is a significant day because it is the shortest day of the year, meaning that this day has the least amount of time between sunup and sundown. In ancient Rome, there were multiple celebrations associated with the solstice. One of those celebrations was known as Saturnalia. Saturnalia was a holiday honoring Saturn, the Roman god of agriculture. The holiday began on December 17th and continued through December 23rd. Saturnalia was a festive time when food and drink were plentiful. During this season of fun, the normal social order would reverse and the wealthy would turn control of the city over to the poor. Businesses and schools would even close during the celebration so that everyone could indulge in the frivolity. In Germany and regions further north, the winter solstice celebration was known as Yule. During the Yule celebration, families would find the biggest log they could and bring it inside. They would burn the log in their fireplace and attempt to keep the fire going for 12 days. Wow. During the time the Yule log burned, there would be many days of festivities and revelry. Yule was an important holiday because this was the time of year when animals were slaughtered and this was the only time of year when most people had fresh meat. As part of this celebration, families would bring an evergreen tree into the home and decorate it. The evergreen tree was the only type of tree that would stay green throughout the winter. Therefore, they viewed it as a symbol of continued life. They also told stories of a mythical being, Odin, who flew through the sky during Yule to leave presents and sweets for children. They also believed Odin would determine who would prosper and who would fail in the coming year. These winter solstice traditions, and many others, helped lay the foundations for what would someday become Christmas. You know what's interesting to me about that? Um, yeah. It's interesting that these two separate peoples both are celebrating the same thing, like, independently. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was trying to think why that might be, and I think about today, with all the technologies we have at least here in America, I would say the majority of people have a place to live. They can stay warm. I mean, not everybody, but right. back in the uh, 1600s or, or earlier. Yeah, before that. Yeah, exactly. The only thing they could really depend on for warmth was fire and any clothes they could make, mm -hmm. whereas we don't have to deal with that. So I wonder, it just kind of made me think, maybe the reason two independent peoples are celebrating the winter solstice coming to a close and, you know, things are going to start to warm back up, right. get light more. Kind of makes sense because it's gloomy and cold and dark and... Definitely. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And I mean, hey, getting, you know, completely trashed and eating fresh meat that you probably usually don't have um, is probably a good pull, <laughs> I would imagine. Uh, yeah. Staying warm for 12 days and partying, I don't know. It makes sense to me why that would be a... 
a thing that people would look forward to. Yeah. Uh, anyways, let's look at, can you look up the Bethlehem star for me? Have you heard anything about that, Mike? Uh, just whatever you hear in, like, scripture. Yeah, well, it's actually coming this year. This year. As in the 21st, as of winter solstice, you know. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, like, once every 800 years. Hmm. And it's happening on the 21st. I think uh, Saturn and Jupiter that are aligning, uh, and uh, that's what some scholars believe to be um, the star that, you know, the uh, the wise men followed and so forth, which I thought was kind of interesting. But, um, yeah, so December 2020, uh, yeah, kind of interesting. So uh, I guess what I'm saying is I think it's like 45 minutes after sundown. Um, should be able to see a big, huge freaking star. By star, I mean two planets that are aligned with each other. It's going to look pretty big. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, so I thought I'd give it honorable mention. Uh, does not happen uh, hardly ever, right? So Sorry to those listening. My guess is this is going to be posted too late to heat to to go check that out. Unless, like, I'm a sweaty tryhard and then, like, upload <laughs> it. And then and someone listens because we're two days away now. Yeah, but anyways, just wanted to give an honorable mention. Kind of cool. It's interesting. Moving forward, let's look at the second video. It's just more of an explanation of more like science-wise, or I guess you'd call it astronomy-wise, of uh, winter solstice. I thought was was good information. The winter solstice occurs when the sun's rays are directly over the Tropic of Capricorn at 23 and a half degrees south of the equator. The solstice is when the Earth is tilted most away from the sun on its axis. The winter solstice marks the longest night and shortest day in the northern hemisphere, while the southern hemisphere will have their longest day. The sun stays below the North Pole horizon during the winter solstice. It's the beginning of winter in the northern hemisphere. The winter solstice is different than the equinox, which is when the sun's rays are directly over the equator. That happens twice a year when day and night are equal lengths. The day after the winter solstice, we will begin lengthening days, which leads up to the summer solstice in June. Yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, just to have the, the science behind it. Uh, mm -hmm. and, you know, our shortest day is the longest day on the other side of the hemisphere. Yeah. Kind of interesting stuff. Um, anyways, not going to spend too much time on it. Mike, can you read that next, unless you have anything to say? Nope. Saturnalia. Perfect. Uh, in Rome, where winters were not as harsh as those in the far north, Saturnalia, a holiday in honor of Saturn, the god of agriculture, which we've already kind of heard about, was celebrated. Beginning in the week leading up to the winter solstice and c continuing for a full month, Saturnalia was a hedonistic time when food and drink were plentiful and the f normal Roman social order was turned upside down. For a month, slaves would become masters. Peasants were in command of the city. Business and schools were closed so that everyone could join in on the fun. Also, around the time of the winter solstice, Romans observed Juvenalia, a feast honoring the children of Rome. In addition, members of the upper classes often celebrated the birthday Mithra, the god of the unconquerable sun, on December 25th. It was believed that Mithra, an infant god, was born of a rock. For some Romans, Mithra's birthday was the most sacred day of the year. I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, I did not hear previously that, uh, what was it, it was called? Um, Ju Juvenalia? Juvenalia. I, that was the first time I heard of Juvenalia. I thought it was worth mentioning. Having a whole feast to say, hey kids, you're still alive. 
Love you guys. Let's continue. Let's keep going. Yeah. Anyways, kind of thought it was cool. Let's continue. So, um, let's talk about the roots. Uh, many of us, uh, including me, celebrate Christmas about. So, uh, probably isn't new information for most, but is Christmas really the day Jesus was born? In the early years of Christianity, Easter was the main holiday. The birth of Jesus was not celebrated. In the 4th century, church officials decided to institute the birth of Jesus as a holiday. Unfortunately, the Bible does not mention the date of his birth. In fact, Puritans later pointed out in order to deny the legitimacy of the celebration. We'll talk about that a little bit later, about how it was banned. Although some evidence suggests that his birth may have occurred in the spring, why would shepherds be herding in the middle of the winter? Uh, Pope Julius uh, I chose December 25th. It is commonly believed that the church chose this day in an effort to adopt and absorb the traditions of the pagan Saturnalia festival, first called the Feast of the Nativity. The custom spread to Egypt by 432 and England by the time of the 6th century. By holding Christmas at the same time as traditional winter solstice festivals, church leaders increased the chances that Christmas would be popularly embraced but gave up the ability to dictate how it was celebrated. By the Middle Ages, Christianity had, for the most part, replaced pagan religion on Christmas. Believers attended church. The celebrated drunken carnival-like atmosphere, similar to today's Mardi Gras, a lot of partying to be had, Mike. Um, each year, a beggar or student would be crowned the Lord of Misrule, and eager celebrants played the part of his subjects. The poor would go to the houses of the rich and demand their best food and drink. If owners failed to comply, their visitors would most likely terrorize them with mischief. Uh, Christmas became the time of year when the upper class could repay their real of imagined quote-unquote debt to society by entertaining less fortunate citizens. Uh, let's talk about a blimp in time. In the early 17th century, a wave of religious reform changed the way Christmas was celebrated in Europe. When Oliver Cromwell and his Puritan forces took over England in 1645, they vowed to rid England of decadence and, as part of their effort, canceled Christmas. By popular demand, Charles II was restored to the throne, and with him came the return of the popular holiday. The pilgrims, English separatists that came to America in 1620, were even more orthodox in their Puritan beliefs than Cromwell. As a result, Christmas was not a holiday in early America. From 1659 to 1681, the celebration of Christmas was actually outlawed in Boston. Anyone exhibiting the Christmas spirit was fined five shillings. By contrast, in the Jamestown settlement, Captain John Smith reported that Christmas was enjoyed by all and passed without incident. After the American Revolution, English customs fell out of favor, including Christmas. In fact, Christmas wasn't declared a federal holiday until June 26, 1870. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, Mike, any thoughts on that? So it was outlawed in, was it, that was England. Right. So it was around 16... 1645, it was banned. Anyway, it's interesting that uh, the people who first settled the Americas didn't uh, celebrate, and now it's like one of the biggest holidays of the year. Yeah, pretty pretty interesting. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about it. Like, there's riots and stuff that happened, too, in like New York and stuff, which I thought was kind of interesting, but yeah. uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more, but... Uh, yeah, the Puritans really were not about Christmas. It was a lot of merrymaking, a lot of nonsense. Yeah. They weren't weren't about that. So 
uh, that's why they banned it. I can see that. Uh, let's uh, let's continue. So let's talk about Washington Irving and how he changed Christmas. It wasn't until the 19th century that Americans began to embrace Christmas. Americans reinvented Christmas and changed it from a ruckus carnival holiday into more family-centered day of peace and nostalgia. Uh, but what about the 1800s peaked American interest in the holiday? The early 19th century was a period of class conflict and turmoil. During this time, unemployment was high, and gang rioting by the disenchantment classes often occurred during the Christmas season. In 1828, the New York City Council instituted the city's first police force in response to a Christmas riot. This catalyzed certain members of the upper class to begin the change the way Christmas was celebrated in America. Sketches feature a squire who invited the peasants into his home for the holiday. In contrast to the problems faced in America's society, the two groups mingled effortlessly. In Irving's mind, Christmas should be a peaceful, warm-hearted holiday, bringing groups together across lines of wealth, of social status. Irving's fictitious celebrants enjoyed ancient customs, including the crowning of a Lord of Misrule. Irving's book, however, was not based on any holidays uh, celebrated he had attended. In fact, many historians say that Irving's account actually invented traditions by implying that it described the true customs of the season. So this person really kind of created Christmas from what it is today. Like there was, like he took a bunch of different things and then made it his own. Mm -hmm. um, it seems like it wasn't a lot of Mardi Gras at that point. It was yeah. more of like centering family, peace on earth, good to will towards men. Uh, we'll talk about Charles Dickens here in a second. A little bit more about it but any thoughts on that Mike? Uh, so I'm not gonna go too deep into it but there was a huge need and uh, peace on earth goodwill towards men I suppose is the way to say it we he wrote about a person that was very stingy and was pretty uptight to say the least uh, you probably have heard or watched one of the films about it uh, this was a big turning point about helping people be more loving and giving in the holiday season it is one of my favorites, uh, probably many others, and just wanted to give an honorable mention. Um, Scrooge? Scrooge! Aha! Uh -huh. Mr. Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah. There are so many uh, versions of that, too. Definitely. Muppets has done it. Jim Carrey has done it. Yeah. I really like the Muppets version. I think they did a really good job. Um, my For mom's sure. favorite version. I won't remember the actor's name, but it's an older version, and I remember every year my mom would watch that. Every year for yeah. Chris during Christmas time. And I really like, uh, kind of separate from The Christmas Carol, but it's called The Year Without a Santa Claus. you seen that one? Long ago, I think, yeah. What does the blithering fool want this time, the North Pole? Anyways, kind of <laughs> funny, Heat Miser and, and Snow Miser. Anyways, let's continue. The family was also becoming less disciplined and more sensitive to the emotional needs of children during the 1800s. Imagine that. Christmas provided families with a day when the, they could lavish attention and gifts on their children without appearing to spoil them. Uh, as Americans began to embrace Christmas as a perfect family holiday, old customs were unearthed. People looked towards recent immigrants in Catholic and Episcopalian churches to see how the day should be celebrated. In the next hundred years, Americans built a Christmas tradition all their own that included pieces of many other customs including decorating trees, sending holiday cards, and gift-giving. Although most families quickly bought into the idea that they were celebrating Christmas, how it had been done for centuries, these influences had really reinvented a holiday. 
to fill the cultural needs of a growing nation. So I thought that was um, at least a good kind of snapshot on, it was really the 1800s that really, you know, kind of pushed us forward. So it was like the last 200 years, really, is, yeah. you know, how we've really celebrated Christmas. It kind of uh, stripped away all the partying and drinking and... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kept some of the other things like decorating a tree and yeah. being around people. Was it for the, the best? I mean, I attest... I think so, personally. Like, I, I um, yeah, I mean, I like Christmas. I, I feel like the majority of people like Christmas. Uh, there are those who obviously don't, and there's lots of there's the Jews out there who don't enjoy it, and, and I don't want to disrespect them, but I like the holiday. Yeah, uh, and then they have Hanukkah, stuff like that, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'd, we'll talk about it later, but I think it would be very uh, silly not to... I think it would be very foolish to rag on someone else's holiday yeah because i mean there's people well and we'll talk about it a little bit later about the war on christmas but if the jews want to celebrate hanukkah who like why why are you gonna like Do interfere it. with that um let's continue forward though so who invented santa claus mike can you read that for us this is from the the movie the santa claus from tim allen name santa claus name Père noel babo natale Père nicole Okay, Calvin. Maybe a couple hours in the tank will change your mind. Lots of names. Lots of names. Lots of people celebrating Santa Claus. But where did it all start, right? Uh, so the legend of Santa Claus can be tra traced back to a monk named Saint Nicholas, who was born in Turkey around 280 A.D. Uh, Saint Nicholas gave away all of his inherited wealth and traveled to the countryside, helping the poor and sick becoming known as the protector of the children of sailors. Did you know that, Mike? Uh-uh. Kind of interesting. St. Nicholas first entered American popular culture in the 18th century in New York uh, when Dutch families gathered to honor the anniversary of the death of uh, St. Nicholas, or... Sinterklaas? Sinterklaas, uh, or for short, Santa Claus, draws his name from abbreviations. In 1822, uh, a uh, minister... Uh, Clement Clark Moore wrote a Christmas poem called An Account of a Visit from St. Nicholas, more popularly known today uh, from the first line was Twas the Night Before Christmas, which I didn't personally know yeah. up to this point. Uh, the poem depicted Santa Claus as a jolly man who flies from home to home on a sled driven by reindeer uh, to deliver toys. The iconic version of Santa Claus is a jolly man in red and white beard at and a sack of toys was uh, immortalized in 1881 when political cartoonist uh, Thomas Ness drew on Moore's poem to create the image of old St. Nicholas we know today, which I thought was pretty interesting. I think as I was researching St. Nicholas, the the whole stockings were hung by the chimney with care thing, right? Mm -hmm. I believe, if I remember correctly, was because St. Nicholas dropped a bag full of gold down a chimney the stockings were hung against the fireplace because it was warming their stockings, probably because they were wet and cold and whatnot. Sure. Lands in the stocking, and that's why we have stockings. Interesting. Yeah. Um, anyways, kind of interesting there. And that's where the whole Santa coming down the chimney comes from, too. Yeah. the gold went down the chimney. Yeah, exactly. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Mad props to St. Nicholas for you know giving up all of his wealth just to help as many people as he could. Oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. That's a really cool thing to do with your life. Definitely. Before we go, I wanted to give honorable mention to 
Krampus. Can we look up Krampus? <laughs> that's the Christmas horror film. He, yeah, well, no, no, it was actually uh, kind oh, of. Oh, that's right. They they made a horror film of it. Yeah, uh, but it's actually a thing, huh? Yeah, it's like a German kind of like boogeyman type thing. Krampus is a horned anthropomorphic figure in the Alpine folklore uh, during the Christmas season. Uh, scares children who have misbehaved, assisting uh, to St. Nicholas, which we just talked about. Uh, the first of the three good December men, uh, other two are Santa Claus and Dead Moraz, which I haven't heard before, who reward the well-behaved on the 5th of December at night with modest gifts. Uh, the origin of the figure is unclear. Some folklorists and anthropologists for, thank you mike have postulated it as having pre-christian origins and traditional parades and in such events of krampus love i like that young men dressed as krampus participate in such events occur annually in most alpine towns krampus is featured on holiday greeting cards krampus carton so anyways he's kind of like the boogeyman of christmas of christmas yeah so he's like you better watch out you better not cry. I'm going to drag you under the bed. I'm telling you why. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, kind of huh. funny parallel on there. Wanted to give an honorable mention. Just came up in my mind. Thought it was worth mentioning. And yes, they made a horror movie of it. I never saw it. Yeah. Uh, probably not worth your time. <laughs> but um, let's continue. So, uh, we're going into a more of a, uh, I guess you'd call it harder topic. We got some feedback uh, from a good friend of mine. Uh, wanted me to cover it. Uh, I actually did enjoy this section. I thought it was kind of entertaining myself. Um, if we can start... Uh, well, yeah, let's start just the first 30 seconds of this song, though. Because some people say, like, the we're on Christmas, like, we're not saying Christmas. Saying Happy Holidays is, like, disrespectful for the holiday. So I just wanted to show everyone, like, the song Happy Holidays has been around for a long time. Happy Holidays! Everybody feels like this is a Christmas song. Yeah. Saying holidays, but Christmas. Right. Yeah. So anyways, I just wanted to do the first 30 seconds of it. Um, I don't want to bore anyone to death. But I just thought it was funny. Like, bro, like, we've had, like, quote-unquote Christmas songs literally singing happy holidays for the entire, like, song. And we're getting bent about it. Anyways, uh, let's start with Riley with the War on Christmas. Years we've taken on the role of protecting the federal holiday of Christmas. As you know, there are some Americans who are offended by any reference to Jesus Christ. And that's what the USA celebrates on December 25th, the birth of the baby Jesus. President Grant signed the holiday into law after Congress passed legislation in 1870 acknowledging the country's Judeo-Christian tradition. And so, Americans officially got the day off from work. Now everything was swell up until about 10 years ago when creeping secularism and pressure groups like the ACLU began attacking the Christmas holiday. They demanded, demanded the word Christmas be removed from advertising and public displays and many people caved into that. So now we have the happy holidays syndrome. What is interesting this year is that Hanukkah will be over on Thursday. So there are no more holidays between then and Christmas Day. It's just Christmas if you want to invoke happy. Bad news for the secular progressives. 
The absurdity of the situation was brilliantly parodied today in the Mallard Fillmore cartoon strip by our pal Bruce Tinsley. The following Christmas special actually mentions Christianity. Viewer discretion is advised. And then there's Macy's, a company that I generally like because it supports wounded warriors. But this year they're touting Santa Claus, who will help you, quote, with your holiday wish list. So here's my question to Macy's. What holiday is Santa celebrating? Winter solstice? The birthday of a reindeer? What? <laughs> I'm the kind of person that I prefer to say Merry Christmas. But yeah, if someone wants to say too. Happy Holidays, then say Happy Holidays. Because there are multiple holidays. Mm. You know, there's Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year's. Yeah. There's probably, maybe there's one I don't Winter know about. Solstice. Yeah. Yule. There you go. You know, in between those two, so like, what's in between? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it doesn't bother me if somebody wants to say Happy Holidays and doesn't want to say Merry Christmas. That's fine. I prefer to say Merry Christmas, and if it offends somebody, I, you know, I'm sorry if it offends you. It's, that's what I'm celebrating the biggest, but right. I don't want to rain on someone else's parade celebrating something else. And the thing is, like, why, why would someone care if someone's celebrating it differently than you? Or vice versa, like, if you're celebrating Christmas, like, someone shouldn't get bent that you're celebrating something that you enjoy. Yeah, that's and, how I see it. and if I want to turn the tables on, on myself and say, you know, someone comes up to me and says, hey, happy Hanukkah, you know, I can say, oh, thank you, happy Hanukkah to you. Even though I don't celebrate, I'm happy to, you know. Also Merry Christmas. Right, right? yeah. Or whatever, right, exactly. Not that I'm trying to say somebody's wrong for being upset at me saying Merry Christmas. That's just how I feel. <laughs> I would probably laugh, unfortunately. That's just how I am. As we continue, uh, I thought it would be interesting to look at some statistics um, with this information, if we can scroll down just a hair. So, uh, as we're looking at this, Mike, this goes from, what, 1996? Or, no, let's go down. This goes from 1994 to 2019. 1994, Mike, we're looking at this, 96% of people celebrate Christmas. Right? Yep. According to this graph. So it goes to December of 2019, 93%. So that's a 3% drop. And what? like In uh, 15 years? 15 years. I don't think Christmas is going anywhere. Yep. I think people are still going to celebrate Christmas. I think Merry Christmas is still a thing. As we go through, I was curious to see like how many people celebrated Easter as like a comparison. So when I looked on that, um, we're looking at 79% 2009. To 2020, it's 77%. So, and there's my dog howling. <laughs> she howls at everything. She howls at airplanes, at motorcycles, police cars. That's hilarious. I love it. <laughs> it's like almost like a wolf. Almost. Yeah. So it's fantastic. We have neighbors once in a while that say, "I heard this howling. That's my dog." Uh, coyotes are gonna eat everyone. <laughs> no. Uh, anyways, so so we're looking at this. Uh, 77% uh, in 2020. It is a lot less than Christmas Day. I think a lot of it is because of the Christian holiday of Easter, resurrection of Jesus Christ, probably around the same time he was born, etc. Um, just thought that was an interesting comparison. So if anyone was to get bent about a holiday and you're Christian, get bent about Easter. Yeah, Christmas. lots less people celebrate Easter than celebrate Christmas. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's all I wanted to point out. So, based on this graph, more people celebrate Christmas more than Easter. Now, I love both, uh, don't get me wrong, but I did think it was an interesting to see a much larger comparison about the two holidays and why uh, some are feeling 
uh, like it's a disparity on Christmas. Uh, near universal observance of Christmas is is seen across all gender, age, education, and income subgroups of Americans, uh, with more than nine in ten in each saying they celebrate. And the holiday is also a unifying event uh, for, uh, we'll just say, political parties. I really think, like, I think going back to what it was before to what it is now, I think it is beneficial because you're just like, hey, like, we're just here to, like, enjoy one another's company, your family, we appreciate you. I don't necessarily want to get in a heated, you know, argument and get bent at each other, right? Uh, I think if, if we were to press the rewind button, uh, there would probably be writing and stuff like that still. People probably would get pretty bent. Americans less likely to observe Christmas are those who say that religion is not very important to them. And among them, the figure is 85%. Participants stretches to 96% among those who are very or fairly religious. I don't think that really matters, but uh, that was included in the graph and I wanted to share that. While the overall percentage of Americans celebrating Christmas remains high, uh, fewer today, 71%, than a decade, 82% say it's strongly or somewhat religious holiday to them. They're just saying, how religious has that changed in their lifetime? I don't think that really matters. I think they're definitely entitled to their opinion. If people are getting bent that people are viewing it less religious, then that's just their personal choice and they just don't want to be religious. There's nothing well, you can really do to change it. And you look at a lot of Christmas movies and many of them aren't about religion. Lots of them are stories around Santa Claus in, in some way. And yeah. I think a lot of people don't feel like they need to have religion as part of it to celebrate it. I agree. Uh, no, that's a very valid point, Mike. You don't have to be religious, uh, to, be celebrate. religious to celebrate Christmas. That's right. Yeah, and, and looking back, like... The whole thing is like Santa Claus and coming down the chimney, hanging up your stockings, decorating the tree. All that, I mean, it, it's more pagan than it is, you know, Christian at that point. Yeah. If, if, we're, if we're talking about that, it's a little um, arrogant to say otherwise. Now, I still, you know, I'm a firm Christian, uh, still believe in that stuff. Um, others aren't, and that's completely fine. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. Anyways, I thought that was really interesting to have this this whole like segment talking about the war on Christmas. I don't think people are really trying to take away Christmas. <laughs> I mean, is what I'm trying to say. Apparently somebody is. Someone but... is. <laughs> who that is, uh, is extremely, extremely small, very marginalized. Um, anyways, the book, Take No Prisoners. I'll try to paraphrase... Bridgman on the Constitution, saying happy holidays is kind of disgraceful. But basically talking about, you know, how the, the liberals want to plot to ban the sacred uh, Christian holiday. Anyways, there's a lot of information about it. If you want to read through it, uh, more than welcome to. But I did want to give an honorable mention uh, on that. We'll have that full article on our uh, blog as well, looks, if you wanted to kind of go through it. Looks like it's titled, What is the War on Christmas? Yeah. Yeah, so I'll have that available. Fox News said in uh, 2016, Obama's holiday card doesn't mention uh, Christmas, um, which I thought was kind of funny that like they went out of their way to say that. The culture war issued ignited and we won, he said uh, late Tuesday. This is Bill O'Reilly still talking. Bottom that I wanted to get to is, is this a real thing that we're on Christmas? There is no evidence of an organized attack on Christmas in the United States. Um, Barry W. Lynn, the executive director of Americans United for Separation of Church and State, 
said that the annual uproar is based on stories that only sometimes even contain a grain of truth and often are completely false. Uh, he has spent years pushing back against it. Uh, this politicizing of the whole issue is mind-boggling to me, uh, Mr. Lin said, and it has been for well over a decade, he added. They see this as some kind of politically correct effort. I see it as reasonable to not use Christmas references as just an accommodation of the reality of America. Uh, people who believe Christmas is under attack often blame the American Civil Liberties Union. Uh, early this month, the ACLU in Indiana filed a lawsuit on behalf of the resident of Knightstown, uh, who objectified to a Latin cross displayed atop the town's official Christmas tree. Uh, the cross was removed. Well, and so I, I consider myself Christian as well, and right. I don't actually you know, wear a cross around my neck. I don't have a cross in my house. I believe, you know, I personally believe in Jesus Christ, but though I don't look at the cross as a symbol that I particularly look at all the time, it also would not offend me if that's on a tree. I mean, I can see someone who maybe isn't religious at all, and I can see someone being upset about it, but at the same time, you don't need to file a lawsuit about that. That's just somebody, that's that's what they believe, so they right. wanted to express it. Yeah, interesting. Thought it was worth mentioning. What does the war look like in practice? Many conservative groups have rallied to defend Christmas lobbying for decorations in public schools or town halls. One group, the American Family Association, based in Tupola, uh, Mississippi, published a naughty and nice list everywhere in year two. Castigate companies in belief of or censoring Christmas... <laughs> Naughty or nice list. I thought that was hilarious. Hmm. Like, <laughs> I, was just, I had to put that on there because I thought that was funny. Mr. Casino said that boycotts calls have had some success in pressuring businesses. Retailers are taking this seriously and thinking about these issues in a way uh, they never did before. Starbucks uh, basically were trying to like take like the Christmas logo off of the mugs. Have, like, oh, right, like right. That. I did hear. Yeah. Okay. That's the whole thing. People were getting really bent about that by the way. Like they, they didn't have Merry Christmas on their coffee mug. <laughs> their company. <laughs> exactly. Whatever you want to put. Who it. cares? You don't have a holiday cup? Great, you have a cup. Right. Now, let's say that they have an upside-down cross and like a burning flag. Maybe that would be maybe a little different. Yeah. You can see why someone would be more upset about that, but Merry Christmas on a cup, chill out. Like, We're going to go a little bit more deeper into the boycott on Starbucks. This is just a quick screenshot if you can read that, Mike. Down here? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Republican presidential candidate Donald Trump weighed in on the day's controversy on Monday, floating the prospect of boycotting Starbucks after the coffee giant announced it would abandon its Christmas-themed cups. <laughs> I have one of the most successful Starbucks in Trump Tower. Maybe we should boycott Starbucks? I don't know. Seriously, I don't care. That's the end of the lease, but who cares? That's what Trump told a crowd in Springfield, Illinois. If I become president, we're all going to be saying Merry Christmas again. That I can tell you. That I can tell you. Trump's comments on the eve of the next Republican presidential debate is his latest rhetoric to win over Christian evangelicals yep. who are much of the base in, in states like Iowa and South Carolina. Trump is grappling with Ben Carson, the other Republican frontrunner and an evangelical favorite in those two early voting states. Starbucks said earlier that it had removed symbols of the season used in the past, which have included reindeer and ornaments in favor of a simple two-toned red cup. 
Some Christian leaders have long attacked secular businesses for waging a war on Christmas and prevented customers and employees from sharing Christmas greetings. Trump previously pledged to his allegiance to Christmas during a campaign rally in October. I guarantee if I become president, we're going to be saying Merry Christmas at every store, he had said. Yeah, kind of silly. I thought anyways. Yeah, I mean, I can see where people are getting this idea that because they're removing those kind of things from cups and, you know, maybe their employees aren't supposed to say Merry Christmas. I can see that someone can say that's a war on Christmas or that they're attacking Christmas, but you know what? They are a business, and they can run their business how they want to. This is America. That's kind of how it goes. Yeah. I, I don't feel offended by that. I don't really drink coffee either, but... <laughs> right, even exactly. If I, if, if I went and had coffee every day of my life, and they pulled some of that off, I'd be like, oh, this is a different cup, and that's about as far as I'd take it. It's a two-tone cup instead of a reindeer. Yeah. Cool. Anyways, so it goes, right? Moving on with our life. Yeah. Right. Uh, anyways, I thought that was interesting. Reading about boycotting things like Starbucks, things like that, I thought was kind of kind of interesting, kind of silly. But I did want to cover that topic because I... Some people are passionate about it. Some people are passionate about it, and I thought it was kind of funny. That's my inside troll talking or something, but uh, <laughs> anyway, I thought it was worth mentioning. Any last, any thoughts about that before we kind of close? I don't want to say people are, are dumb for being upset about that, but at the same time... You know what? You can celebrate Christmas, and that doesn't stop you from celebrating Christmas. Right. Right. No, definitely. Uh, yeah. Uh, continue to say Merry Christmas. Continue to say, you know, God bless. Things like that. Yeah. You know? I, it's uh, interesting to hear all the... I mean, maybe when I was in elementary and middle school or something, I learned some of these things like uh, Yule and, right. and whatnot, but... Uh, I didn't really remember any of it, so when we went through it today, it felt like I was hearing it for the first time, most yeah. of it. So it was interesting to kind of hear how a lot of it was based around winter solstice and kind of people just celebrating the end of winter and kind of turning into spring um, as kind of the roots of Christmas, and then it kind of transformed, at least in America, to right. a Christian holiday. Uh, Definitely. But well, one of my favorite things about the Christmas time of year is I just feel like there's this aura around of, in general, people just kind of feeling like they want to be more kind to everyone around them. Be better people. That's just one of my favorite things about this time of year. Yeah, I get that. Definitely. Yeah, you don't have to be a dick, right? It's nice (laughs) to, you know, be, you know, uh, nice, uh, kind, giving, considerate, you know. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I, I think if we worked with each other more than we fought with each other, we could get more done. Even if we have conflicting views. Yeah, and, and that's okay. And yeah, yeah. Everyone's entitled to you know what they believe in and stuff. And I, uh, I wish that that aura of kindness wasn't a Christmas time thing. I wish it was right. just always here. But I agree. I'll take what I can get. Right. No, that's fair. I think human nature genuinely uh, is very. Um, how to say it? I think human nature is very selfish. I think it would be very difficult to have people be giving all year round, buying into nostalgia, things like that. I'm curious to see the, I'm sure we could find statistics on it, to see like how much in, impacted like sales and like stores and things like that. Like, yeah. I'm thinking like in like the 30s or 40s or 50s, there's a lot less gift buying purchasing than there is you know, today. 
I'd just be curious to see like how much of an influx or uh, how much higher it's been in revenue in the last, you know, 80 years or something like that. Probably a drastic, scary number I don't want to see. <laughs> Can we look just for fun? <laughs> just... Um, this is from Investopedia. Near, so nearly every year since 2009, American consumer spending on holiday gifts and other holiday expenses has increased over the previous year. For 2020, Americans on average expect to spend $998 on gifts, holiday items, and other expenses during the holiday season, down $50 from 2019, but that's an average. What's a total? That looks like a neat graph. Oh, what's the one below it? Holiday sales! Nice! National Retail Federation 2020 forecast for holiday sales it's seven hundred and fifty-five to seven hundred and sixty-six billion dollars. <laughs> that is, is a truckload of money. Hey, you know what's crazy about that? In our uh, one of our podcasts earlier, we were talking about that two trillion dollar check that Donald Trump signed for relief for COVID. Right. This is like a third of that. Yeah. All on Christmas. That's insane. Yeah. Wow. Definitely. Oh, uh, we are talking about doing another stimulus. Isn't that neat? Interesting. Yeah, I think it's going to be another $2 trillion. I don't know where the government's pulling this money from, but... I mean, I get that they're trying to help people. I, I, I don't want to rain on that parade, but where is this money coming from, yeah. man? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's something else. It's disheartening because we remember that we fired two inspector generals. We had it to be determined. $6.2 trillion dollars. That money kind of went off in the wind, you know. And now that we need it, we don't have, like, we didn't have the appropriate um, oversight on it. Now we've got to do it again because we didn't do the right thing to begin with. Yeah. Anyways. Hmm. So it goes. Any, any last thoughts before we close up? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, everyone, a Merry Christmas. Thanks for uh, listening to our podcast. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. I mean, happy holidays. I'm just kidding. Uh, see you guys. Thank you for supporting our podcast. If you would like to check out our sources from today's episode, please visit our blog at soberdiscussions.blogspot.com. And if you would like to join the discussion, email us at soberdiscussions at gmail.com.